Hi everyone, welcome to the Tell Your Story podcast. I'm your host Daniel Rooms and today I have with me a close friend and longtime teammate Aiden Miller. Aiden is currently committed to Redeemer University for basketball, although has found many ways outside of the sport to set himself himself up for future success. I'm extremely excited to get deep into this podcast as me and Aiden have known each other for quite some time, although I'm sure Aiden would want to introduce himself a little bit. So Aiden, the floor is yours. Tell the listeners a bit about yourself. All right, what's up, guys? My name is Aiden. Um, I'm committed to Redeemer University. I play basketball. Uh, I do a lot of I do a lot of things outside of basketball. I'm a barber. I like to resell shoes, and I just consider myself a jack of all trades. And I'm excited to be here. Alrighty, alrighty, and uh, we're just gonna hop right into it here, honestly, because you know, Aiden, we've known each other for a real long time. Mm-hmm. It should be easy just to kind of just get right into it and chop it up. So. Um, Honestly, I've never really heard this story from you was how did you get involved in, in basketball to begin with and like kind of what, what made you fall in love with the sport? Uh, so from a young age, it was just uh, my dad and I. My dad would have me on his chest. We'd be watching Raptor games when we were younger and uh, he'd be telling me to point out the numbers of the players and that's like kind of how I learned numbers. And through that, I just found a love for the game and from then it's just expanded. And uh, your dad was your coach, correct, for a bit, the, your early career, right? Yeah, from the time I was probably about seven years old to about 13 years old, he coached me. Okay, so then let, let's kind of like, let's start with that idea of the father-son relationship and coach-son relationship, coach-player relationship, sorry. Yeah. Because having both being through one person, coach and father, I know it can be hard. Sometimes you need a coach, sometimes you need a father. Yeah. And uh, so what was your experiences with that growing up, and how do you think that shaped you as a basketball player? Oh, that's a that's definitely a very good question. Uh, but, yeah, my dad, I kind of always knew him as coach and dad. There was never – he was my first coach, so it was mm-hmm. it was never weird when he was my coach. And he, he was a good coach to me, and he just taught me the basics of basketball. And uh, as a father, he always supported me, pushed me to do – uh, do well inside of the game and outside of the game and to this day he still still pushes me to just be the best that I can be and then what was it like switching to a coach that wasn't your father uh switching to a coach coach Jermaine uh yeah. was definitely uh something that I needed because I had somebody that could really get on me and somebody that wasn't my dad so wouldn't wouldn't uh, hold back as much mm. if that makes sense yeah yeah so a little bit less of a filter yeah that, that too and mm. it was good getting it from somebody that i don't have to go home with or ride in the car with yeah yeah i get that completely yeah. and uh just for any of the listeners that are, uh want a bit more context me and aiden have played on 21 hoops since about grade seven it's a travel basketball team in which aiden's dad was our coach for the first couple years in which then Coach Jermaine, Jermaine Skeet, he would take over and become our head coach for the rest of that duration of our careers. Yeah, shout out Coach Jermaine. Yeah, for real. He was a <laughs> great, definitely a great coach, very inspirational. But, um, okay, yeah, so back to kind of those early beginnings type of things. So you said that you fell in love with basketball from kind of like watching it with your dad, like yeah. learning all the basics through it. And then as you were growing up, what – what made you sustain that love with basketball? Because a lot of times we'll be so in love with something as a kid. And yeah. then as we go through maturing and, you know, other things become a priority in our lives, 
that's where you start to see the separation between those that want to go the distance with this yeah. and those that just wanted to play it as a kid. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, but it was I just fell in love with the game, so it was never really anything where I I doubted my love for the game and. Mm-hmm. Just as I kept playing, I set goals for myself, and just by playing, it kind of, you know, it kind of snowballed into bigger and better things for myself. That yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, and and the, when we talk about that, um, the idea of a snowball, uh, it definitely, it definitely with sports, it it's that type of situation because as you grow up with sports, you learn more, and then it starts to branch out more. So let's kind of get into some of those branching out type of moments where you found that basketball led you to to different opportunities outside of sports in for your sure. life type of thing. For sure. So basketball, um, it's more it, for me. It was more than just a game. Basketball. I wouldn't have met Daniel without basketball. I wouldn't have met mm-hmm. Coach Jermaine with bas- with without basketball, and just uh, a lot of other people and. These connections and these relationships that I've made over the year have helped me outside of the court, whether it be mentally or in the business world, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, basketball gave me a lot more than being able to go to school for a little cheaper. Uh, it gave me a lot more business opportunities and a, a lot of lifelong relationships and taught me things that without sport, I would have never known, like stuff like teamwork or responsibility and leadership. Things like that. Yeah, so like those life lessons that you For sure. learn through the experiences of sports. Definitely. And yeah, I, I couldn't agree less with that type of statement because it was as if with me personally growing up, it was like basketball was my personality. Mm-hmm. And from there is where I was able to find structure and kind of build up who I wanted to be from there and learn down that path. I agree. Because basketball was kind of like everything, yeah. almost like a third father, a second father, yeah, yeah, type yeah. of thing. Uh, so that being said, though, what did you find to be the most enjoyable about playing the game? You know what I mean? Like something um, that just you couldn't hmm. you couldn't get enough of that's that feeling. There's so there's I don't know. So I cut hair as well. Mm-hmm. And I've told people this, but I don't think anybody else can understand it. But there's there's this feeling that I get within me when I'm cutting hair and when I'm playing basketball. I don't know if it's like the competitor coming out in me, mm-hmm. but it's it gives me this this drive and this this uh this push to be the best at, at what i do um and i feel like without sports i would have never had something like that mm. so kind of just to reverse back and you were talking about we're going to go back to that snowball a lot because okay. I, I think that's a great analogy to describe sports overall because you start with just the sport and you end up with so much more by the end of it you know that's so true that's so true so now you fell in love with the sport we talked about this and then throughout time you just your you said your love for the sport it never really wavered or anything like that but you know me and you i know we both went to the same prep school that's Mm -hmm. where it was Blythe Academy, mm-hmm. and we definitely went through some some struggles. Oh, we, we with did, that one. we did, we did. So uh, let's kind of get into it in that part because that For was sure. near the most recent parts of our career, yeah. And the end of my career with yeah. basketball. So you know, you you love the game so much; it means everything to you. It's taught you everything. Yeah. You're in your last year of high school. It's the yeah. clutch time for sports. Oh, it's man. the clutch time for everything, right? 
Yep. And you end up in the situation that we were in. So you want to you yep. kind of explain the situation, yeah. and then we're going to go into how that affected your for sure. love for the game. Yeah, we can get into that. So yeah. uh, Daniel and I went to Blythe in September 2020? 2020? 2020 or 2019. 19, I think. 2019, I think. But, okay, uh, regardless, it was our, our senior year, 12th grade year. Yeah. Uh, we, were, we were promised a lot more than what was uh, given to us at the end. And it was tough because we love the game so much and we put so much in the game and for it to not be reciprocated uh, from the people or the person. Authoritative figures. Yeah, from some people that said it would come out how it was supposed to. Like the way that, that they, what they promised wasn't what they gave, but it was also a sense of they, they added in a lot of false hope when they already knew the situation wasn't the best. Yeah. And that's when we kind of got caught up in that that building hope, building hope, building hope, waiting for something that that never ended up yeah. coming to us, which was Yeah, this it is it's not meant to be a shot at anybody either. Like Yeah, it, defi- definitely not. Hundred no. percent. Like it in a way I, I like I can say like my experiences at Blythe also built me as a person. Yeah, shaped me for sure. So I, I never, even though it wasn't the best time of my life, it was a time that I feel as if was necessary to yeah. becoming who I am today. Like So expanding on the Blythe situation, yeah. so basically we went to Blythe in hopes of uh, a, a much better basketball exposure, and it didn't work out that way. But it definitely taught us that, like, that's how life is. Like, you're not going to just be given everything. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we kind of got it on our own way. We found out different ways to to get it outside of basketball and realized that basketball wasn't the only thing in life. And we had to figure things out. And although Daniel stopped playing basketball and I, I still play basketball, it definitely made our relationship a lot, a lot better. Yeah. Um, we still work on things outside of basketball together. And I hope to continue doing that with him. And if it wasn't for Blythe, and that experience, we would have never had that. So yeah. I'm thankful for it. It was definitely a blessing in disguise. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. It definitely did. It definitely did shape us. But so just to add a bit more like um, information for those listening. Essentially, the hardest part about Blythe for me personally, and I'm not sure if I could speak on this for Aiden, was not actually getting to play in any type of like games as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. We didn't have a season. That's. That's really like the hardest part that I found. So, coming into your grade twelve year, I everyone had the energy to kind of you know if you didn't have an offer or anything like that, this was their last yeah, chance. Yeah, right? you're done you for have, you have all, You're putting it all on the line. So with that mindset, how did you deal with wanting to put it all on the line but not even getting the opportunity to? Mm, that, that's a good question, and that that was something that I kind of thought about every day like as things kind of went on the decline it was like man like what am I gonna do because it really felt like basketball was my life but I was thankful uh probably a couple months after I graduated uh Redeemer reached out to me and I was able to join that roster and I'll be playing there uh in this in September hopefully when COVID is all cleared up Mm -hmm. and taught me that I should I should definitely um What's the word like? I should. Is it like a kind of like a 
a moving on type of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah, it ta- yeah, tell me how to move on, yeah. L- yeah, looking at the bright side of things and just finding the, like, the, the joy in something that, that wasn't as joyful, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that brings up, like, it, it's a huge topic that's very well overlooked. It's what happens to athletes when they lose sight of the sport they love because you said that basketball was everything to you and I. Yeah. It was everything to me, too, so... For me personally, when I lost basketball, I didn't know who I was at all. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like a lot of athletes, they grow up and the sport is their personality. When yeah. somebody asks them, who are you? You say, I'm a basketball player. You know what I mean? So when that first, uh, for me personally, that first time of answering the question of like, just saying, you know, I'm just Daniel. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm not Daniel, the basketball player yeah. anymore. It, it was real rough. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So it, it's good that you were able to take all of that in all those those rough emotions and convert them into positive energy to look towards a brighter future yeah definitely like and especially when the the pandemic happened it was i like looking at looking back at it now like march 2020 and onwards has been a blessing in disguise like i really figured out who aiden miller was like i I figured out more what i want to do and it gave me more direction of where i want to go in life and since then I've I've gone into a lot more things that I wouldn't have if it weren't for the pandemic and if it weren't for the rough experience that I had. So it kind of it kind of made me stronger. Yeah, and it is that also is I feel like that also comes into the idea of like the fact that being an athlete, you know what I mean, adversity is something that we have to endure at all points of our careers, you mm. know what I'm saying? So, you know, we've talked about Blythe, we talked about, you know, your early beginnings and all of that. But, you know, ever since you were a kid, I know you've been involved in other aspects of life rather than basketball, I guess you could say. So yeah. like referring to sneaker selling and all mm-hmm. that stuff like that. Did you find that any part any parts of what you learned from basketball you were applying to your side hustles and things like that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like um for an example would be like with basketball, I was always being prepared early for games and stuff like that, kind of getting myself mentally ready. Yeah. I apply that now to the the podcasting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like getting myself mentally prepared, everything, making sure everything's good. Yeah. Like those types of aspects transferring over. For sure. So you have your side hustles and you have basketball. Yeah. How did you kind of find basketball to be helping you with those side hustles? That's another good question. I think subconsciously, I like I've never actually thought about that, but subconsciously it definitely did play a role in the what I what you could call success that I've had in the business world. Yeah. So as you said, like being prepared, uh, being responsible, being a leader uh, within my group of people that I work with, uh, being respectful and and learning, especially learning because you learn every day and. Just by being able to take information in from your coach, you could take information in from things like podcasts or books, and yeah. you just never stop learning. Yeah, definitely that that idea of becoming a continuous learner. Yeah, it's it's definitely emphasized through sports. And then the other kind of good aspect to it is learning to be able to take advice from authoritative figures without wanting it to kind of be like an argument yeah. type of thing. Because I know with at a, in your house, you know, you can get into an argument with your parents. And yeah. 
they're your parents, so they're not gonna they're not gonna drop you or anything mm-hmm. like that. But you can get into an argument with a coach and be, not be a player the next yeah. day, type of thing. So you have to learn to swallow your pride a lot. And I talked about this in my last podcast with Brad a lot. And it it's a good it's a great thing to learn, and it, it's something that I find to be one of the best aspects of sports because mm-hmm. you know it, it's learning to respect everyone's opinion and knowledge. And then taking what you need from that knowledge, and maybe you don't have to take everything, but yeah, it's, it's listening to it. You know what I mean? But I want I want to expand on on what you said there. Yeah, uh, talking about taking in information mm-hmm. because I I really kind of figured part of uh, when I figured out who I really was was realizing that I really don't know anything. And oh yeah, that's a that's a great point. Yeah, like I I really don't know anything and learning from people who do know things and and I know that the people that I take information from I'm thinking of coach Jermaine right now mm-hmm. uh, specifically because yeah. he was my most recent coach and uh, we talk every so often and he's always giving me tips and pointers and I know he's been through all the ropes so I try to just absorb everything that that he's telling me because I don't I you have to I have to realize that I don't know anything I'm 18 years old and while I think I do know a lot, I, re- I really don't at the end of the day. And it's important that I keep an open mind and and I'm open to criticism to become better in the future in whatever I do. Yeah, it's essentially taking in all aspects so that you have a, a wide variety of things to go yeah. to, a wide variety of perspectives to look through. And Coach Shemaine, is, it's a great example because, you know, He's one of those coaches that goes beyond basketball. Way beyond basketball. Way beyond basketball in the sense where... And Coach Mike, too, your dad as well. Like Yeah. I see that guy I every day. Anytime I talk to either of them, I'll learn something new. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or I find a motivation that I didn't find before type of thing. Because when I go to them, it, it feels like I'm going to my like second and third yeah. father type of thing. You know what I mean? Like it, It's... And it's also a, a trustworthy place. That's what I'm saying. And, I totally get that. Yeah, and, and that brings up the point of of how important coaches are in the sport mm-hmm. because I have countless amount of friends that don't even care to speak to their coaches yeah. anymore because of the experiences that they went through. And and what do you? That's where I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it and how you know based off of your experiences with coaches, high school coaches. Yeah. How important do you think coaching is? To an athlete, uh, definitely very important. And even uh, going back to my first high school, St. Marcellinus, uh, with Coach um, Amir Morgan, mm-hmm. he's definitely somebody that I'll never hesitate to reach out to because I know he'll give me tips and pointers outside of basketball. And talking about uh, uh, how important coaching is, it it's because it's it is like another father figure because you're seeing these people sometimes more than your family. You have practice every day you for two hours. You're seeing these people more than your family because you're at school seven hours a day, go to practice for two hours, and you're, you're still seeing these people throughout the whole day. So they play a big, a big, influential fig, uh, big, big influential figure in your daily life. And when you have these good coaches that become lifelong role models, it definitely molds the way that you think and – being able to reach out to them outside of the sport is definitely important. Yeah, that, that, that last bit there, that reaching out to them outside of the sport because, you know, we're also lucky, you know, that we have two parents. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We have families that we can go to. In some situations for children, it's not that situation. For sure. And, and the coach has to fill that position. Yeah. 
whether whether they like it or not sometimes honestly because you could a child's mind is so you know what I'm saying it can go easy either to mold. way it's yeah, easy, easy to, to mold. mold you know what I mean so it's I always want to emphasize it every single podcast especially to coaches is how important their influence is over children and yeah. how they always have to keep that in the back of their mind and thing. I don't think coaches well a lot of coaches do but I don't think coaches realize how much of a of a role they play in their their players lives yeah exactly like their topic of conversation like almost all the time every day, yeah you know what I mean we still talk about every single coach that yeah. we had and I'm talking every single yes. coach that we yes. had since we were young from from micro baller days mm-hmm. to now and I'll never forget any of them good or bad to yeah. anything so yeah, that's definitely a, a very important aspect of sports. Is definitely the coaching side to it. I have to ask you: is from a player's side to that whole coaching being such an important aspect? Mm-hmm. Do you also think it's important for children to or athletes to understand that their coaches aren't their fathers in things in situations like that, or do you think that it should be kind of accepted that you know kids kids see their coach as uh, a uh, father or even kind of mother figures there's a lot yeah. of coaches out there as well too i think it really depends on the player and it depends on the coach and it depends on even the team atmosphere uh because the teams that we've played on have been very close-knit yeah like family oriented yeah almost. very if it's like a family like it was literally a family we'd be at each other's houses we'd be be training together we would be uh doing like, like go to movies together and stuff like that and yeah. a lot of teams don't do that yeah, and I, I think that that's a good that's a great point because you know if Coach Mike Coach Main didn't make us do you know the the Boston the Boston Pizza fundraisers exactly. the the going to movies like you said yeah. a lot of just team bonding experiences I don't know if our team would have turned out the way that it definitely did, you know not I, mean? I never thought about that because we became so unbelievably close mm-hmm. before we even played our first game yeah type of thing we were doing Jyland training together just for you know what I mean just to get to know each other for sure. And team bonding is a really important aspect to sports. And it also, it's an important aspect to life because you learn so much life lessons through team bonding. Like, it's ridiculous, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because when you're on the court and things aren't going well, that team bonding is what's going to make or break the team in that situation. Mm -hmm. Because I remember there'd be times when if our team wasn't bonding the best, you know, we get on the court and everyone's yelling at each other. It's as if five players are playing separately type mm-hmm. of thing. So what are you what are you what are your thoughts on the importance of team bonding and from your experiences, how do you think that relates to the success rate of the team? Uh so I definitely think team bonding is is very important. So doing things like extra extracurriculars outside of outside of um the court, like fundraisers and and maybe we donated at food banks and we helped organize food at food banks. And I never thought about the impact that it had on us until we really talked about it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that, you know, we talk about we talk about personal things when we're when we're doing things like that. And even just staying in contact outside of outside of the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's so important to the success of the team because you feel like you can trust one another when you've given them so much so much into your life and they've given you so much into their life mm-hmm. you almost you it's like a family like you feel yeah, like fa- it's, it's a family um, like atmosphere 
I, I believe like the words that I'm kind of getting from it is kind of like you you become you start to like accept each other unconditionally yeah you know what I mean because yeah. at the beginning whether you like it or not it's conditional because you guys are all on the same team and don't know each other but mm-hmm. you just know you're on the same team so you have to kind of be nice to each other but once it goes switches from that conditional to unconditional is when I kind of believe like a team can really start to form a true bond mm-hmm and I found that's when our team started to our success rate was going up because we could trust could, each other. You, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You trust each other on the court 100. percent So yeah. even if things aren't going bad, the best you trust each other to as a unit get back up. Exactly. Instead of everybody trying to pick the team back up themselves. Yeah, and that's why a team that has been together for a lot longer is going to do better than a team that was just pulled off the street one by one. Oh yeah, that that's a huge aspect to it as well because you know our team was together for seven years yeah you know what i mean and almost every year you'd have six or seven of the exact same players on mm-hmm. the team and all those six and seven players still talk to each other yep. on a daily basis and um it's really a brotherhood it, it really is exactly and that's that's why it's like sports are so amazing in so many aspects because like you like you said that snowball effect is like mm-hmm. we wouldn't have met each other we wouldn't have met half of our teammates and a lot of the stuff that I've learned through life was from those guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because spending my whole life with them, AU tournaments, practice every day, you know what I'm saying? You start to kind of really listen to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And and when the conversations are deeper, it's even it's even better. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You have although, no choice to. <laughs> you have no choice to. Exactly. Like all those nice, you know, AU tournaments were up till 3 a.m. talking about some real stuff. Yeah. But... You don't get those moments if you're not close with each other. You know what I That's mean? That's so true. Like, sp- sports really is, it's like glue. Like, it, it really, it puts all the essential pieces that you need to be successful in life together. And I feel like that's why athletes uh, can be a lot more successful in the work world than somebody who didn't play sports growing up. Because as, as, as youngins, it teaches us things like, as I said before, responsibility, leadership, and all these type, all these qualities can be applied in in the work world. Like uh, time management, yeah, all, all sorts of stuff. All that. Like, that. like I remember a specific time in practice when I believe it was I want to say Christian was late to practice, mm. and your dad told us that story about how oh, yeah, he yeah, ran yeah. across town <laughs> to get that that project in, yeah. and he was a minute late, and the guy still told him it was late. Yeah. And that, you know what I'm saying? It's Learning stuff like things that. like that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All through sports is just like, you don't realize it until you don't have the sport on. That's what I'm saying. Like, in the sport, when I was playing basketball, I, I couldn't have talked about any of these things. Mm-hmm. But when I stopped playing basketball, and I really started to think about and look back in my career in depth. You start to realize all of those things that you learned, all the the experiences you were able to take 100%. in. 100%. And that... It, it kind of sucks, honestly, that you don't get to realize that That's during, true. during the sport yeah. at the same time because I feel as if you would be able to have that that deep appreciation for mm-hmm. the sport while playing. Even though we all loved it so much, I started loving basketball way deeper when I lost basketball. Yes, that's so true. And even throughout the pandemic, not being oh, able to play, yeah, like, exactly. you realize like, like I, I need it. Like Completely lost, <laughs> almost. That's something. Yeah. And that's why I started the podcast because... It's so unfortunate that Corona was able to shut down so many people's careers so early. Mm-hmm. And I know that 
without sports, it's so hard to kind of, like I said earlier, find who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Find a, basically a whole new purpose in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Spend 18 years of your life saying, I want to go to the NBA. I mm-hmm. want to go to the NHL. I wanna, and then all of a sudden, poof, that's yeah. an impossible dream. And now you got to figure out how am I supposed to still move on and yeah, like live a life without mm-hmm. the, the purpose that I've had my whole life. And that's where it's like this podcast and, and all those other outlets that are advocating to help children in these situations. Like it's, it's super important because you notice and I notice like that feeling of being lost and not having a purpose is a silent killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's going to eat away at your mental state mm-hmm. without you really understanding what it is. Because that's the other aspect to it is a lot of times we don't even realize that our personalities are intertwined with sports. Yeah, definitely. Un- until we're out of the sports. You know what I mean? Because I can speak on this from my experiences is when I lost basketball, I instantly replaced it with going to school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get a good education not realizing that my motivation towards school was deprived from the fact that I was only doing school to get to the NBA. Yeah. You know what I mean? They tell you, get your good grades so that <laughs> you can get a good... So that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then without basketball, I was starting to find it hard to see a point yeah. in this, doing this because it was like, I'm, I was only doing it to play basketball. Yeah, before. I totally get that. You know what I mean? And it, that's what made it hard. So now I kind of want to get back onto trap with your story type of thing. You know what I mean? Okay. So... You got into high school, and this is when everything really starts to begin almost. Yeah. Because that's when you get the way more competitive aspect to sports. Mm-hmm. You realize, I have four years to make it, and yeah. this is when it's almost the crunch time, but it goes by in a flash. It does. It Very goes by quick. in a flash, right? Very quick. So, from grade 9 to grade 12, how do you, how do you think that your, your mindset towards those types of dreams changed and adapted as you started to grow up mature experience life experience things outside of sports such as partying a social life mm-hmm. and all that how did you find like that's where i'm coming back to is how did you find that that dream and all that how did you stay focused on it and how did your mindset towards it change throughout the years yeah so i don't know grade nine ten it kind of it kind of just went by, and I was I was just playing basketball just to play. Yeah, like okay. I I loved basketball, but I didn't realize until I didn't really realize until grade twelve when basketball was taken away how much I love basketball and how much I wanted to play basketball going forward. So staying focused on the dream was never really was never really hard. It was I always I always wanted to play basketball. From from the time I was grade nine, ten, even middle school, but grade eleven, twelve, when you know you start reaching out to coaches and you start you start calling coaches, you go start going on unofficial visits. Um, that's when it really starts to become real, and you realize like, okay, I don't really have much time to fulfill this dream, and yeah. it goes by so quick because grade nine really feels like it was the other day, but it was four almost five years ago now yeah exactly it was like mm-hmm. it, it feels as if yesterday people were coming up to me saying you're only in grade nine. Oh my gosh and yeah then, you know I mean, yeah but you brought up a really good point in the sense that you you talked about how in grade 11 and 12 was when you realized you don't have much time mm-hmm. and 
that that's a that's a point that I feel as if a lot of athletes can relate to because taking sports seriously from grade from such a young age is such a crucial thing, mm-hmm. but it's so hard to realize it until it's gone to yeah. again. So like for me personally I wish I was emailing coaches from grade nine yeah. type of thing, kind of building relationships. But I treated grade nine and ten as years to just kinda of have fun with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. When <laughs> in turn in turn, had I used those two years to really develop my goal as like a, a with a structure, create my recruiting process, my mm-hmm. recruiting portfolio, I feel like as if things would have went differently. So now I kind of want to ask you about that is, do you have any regrets about the way that you handled your career throughout, I was your, feeling this your, question high school, throughout your high school life? I really don't, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it just happened this way because it was supposed to happen this way. Like, even with the pandemic hap- happening, like, it was supposed to happen. Like, it was it was written already from the time I was in grade nine. Yeah. And it, as I said, it really taught me who I was. Like, thinking back to pre-March 2020, I, f- I feel like a different person. Like, my brain is in a different place right now for the better because yeah. I've really... I've really keyed in on what I want to do, and I've I've started a routine. Like I I wake up early and get get what I need to get done, and I and I do it. And before that, I feel like like before March twenty twenty, March twenty seventh. Before then, it wasn't really, it wasn't in my face. Like yo, like wake up, like like this is the real world. Like I I wasn't eighteen at that point, but really when I turned eighteen as well. I realized, like, okay, like, this is the real world, and you die alone, so you have to get it on your own, you know? Yeah, that was that was the hardest thing to come to terms with, Yeah, was, you know what I mean? It, it, throughout high school, you have such a great support system, because everyone's just like, you're only a teenager, you don't really know it yet. Mm-hmm. But I felt as if the second I turned 18, it was like, Go get it yourself. Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a really hard slap in the face, honestly, because mm-hmm. you go from allowances <laughs> and all all types of things that kind of help you get through the years. Yeah, to being told to kind of go get it on your own. Yeah, sort of thing. and that's the hardest thing that I found to adapt to about life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, but you know, I, I found that a lot of times you sorry to interrupt you there, but um, you. You found a good a balance of sports mm-hmm. and then learning things that I like to call like the real world, which yeah. was trying. You were you've been trying to create sustainable incomes yeah. since you were in like grade seven and mm-hmm. everything. So, being in that type of mindset for such a long time, yeah, did you find it to almost be exciting now that you're eighteen and the world is? is open to you yeah. because there's also that aspect of being young where it's like yeah. i can't even really do these yeah. things yet uh-huh. so you've been grinding 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 with aside from sports that money path mm-hmm. and now you're 18 19 about to be 19 when legitimately every type of business opportunity is open and available to yeah. you how are you feeling kind of being prepared for this next chapter of your life oh that's that's a great question that's a very good question because I remember when I was um, seventeen, when I'm I'm not legal, can't can't sign legal documents and stuff like that. I yeah. was I was itching to get in the stock market and like March twenty twenty when I saw I saw everything down. I'm still seventeen at this time, so I can't even invest or anything like that. So I'm I'm itching and mm-hmm. even 
if you take it back before that, there's a lot of things as like a 13, 14 year old, like, yeah, I was reselling shoes and, and doing whatever. There were still things that I couldn't do until I was 18. So once I turned 18, it was like, okay, yeah, the real world's now, you know, and got, got my credit card, you know, start building up my credit, stuff like that. And just really trying to get a head start on my peers. Not, not, not that I'm in competition with my peers. I'm only in competition with myself, but mm-hmm. getting a head start and realizing that, okay, I put my head down and grind for these next five, 10 years, yeah. I'll be good. And I, I like, there's no, there's no way that I, I won't be good if this is all that I think about yeah. all the time. <laughs> and you know, and it, that's where I find it. It's like, I find a lot of athletes think that way because the NBA and all, all those things is like the second you turn 18, 19, those things become so available right mm-hmm. away. And then the success doesn't come. If you do make it that far, the money doesn't come very much short after. Yeah. You know what I mean? So being able to kind of be able to kind of say like, yeah, I want to put my head down for the next five years, even though these are quote unquote supposed to be, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The times when the we, best years of your life, the best or years of your life. And saying like, you know what? Maybe I can sacrifice those for a better long term life. Mm-hmm. That's that's a huge different mind. That's a, that's a largely different mindset from the average type of mindset yeah. of an eighteen year old. You know what I mean? For sure. And it's a great mindset though because that's really. If you really take it, five years is such a long time. It is like I like I have to remind myself sometimes that like it's such a long time <laughs> to make something of yourself, and then you know we're only eighteen seven years until we're twenty five. Like that's so it's much time. Of time, and then it's more than enough time almost. It's just that if you're thinking that you have to be thirty forty to become successful, that's yeah. what's gonna happen. You know? What yeah, I mean? that's true. Like it's it's. I thought I always thought I was. I was driving myself crazy, like, just thinking about not necessarily money, but what money could do for me and for my family and the freedom that it can it can give. And that that's why I think Daniel and I are such good friends, because I know he's on the same type of timing I'm on, and we want to make each other better, we want to see each other succeed, and we're going to do what we need to do. And I know we're going to do the same type of things. Yeah. Hundred percent. We're gonna do the same type of things to ensure that you know we're f- we're free in the future. Exactly, and you know I also think it's the, the the people, the role models we have around us. You know what I mean? Almost everybody that we know never takes days off. Mm-hmm. Your dad doesn't take a day off. Every single time I'm in your house, he's yeah. in the office <laughs> on my, a call. On call, my yeah. dad doesn't take a day mm-hmm. off. Coach Jermaine will be doing business while at AU trips yep. type of thing. Like we've been around people that genuinely don't want to stop attaining even though they all three of them have attained the goal that we've kind of set up for some but it's just yeah. they're, they're keep going yeah and it's it's that getting hooked on financial freedom yeah that that's kind of what i've been hooked on for a while now is just thinking about the fact that i want to be able to live my life without the thought of money weighing me down type of thing. exactly like that, that goes back to just just not i don't it's not that i want money i just want i want I want freedom, freedom. Yeah. and like you, you can't buy time. So if I have the time to do what I want, I'm happy. And if I could do that with the people that I love, I'm even happier. Exactly, exactly. And that's why it's like all you have to do is really put your head down for a couple mm-hmm. years. That's what I'm saying. That that's exactly what I. That's the thought. That's the the, the just slight change in the mindset. It's just like it's just a. I just have to sacrifice a bit of time. Yeah. For it. 
exactly for the, for the greatness that is is in the future to come you know exactly because like you know i mean if you're well set by 25 yeah they're like whole 25 <laughs> more years saying. until you're only 50 years old and you're still gonna be good that's what i'm saying like i'm i'm cool with chilling out for the next four or five years or however long just to you know be all right and be comfortable you know uh, a little bit down the road and uh, going back to what Daniel was saying, talking about his dad, my dad, and, and Coach Jermaine, uh, it's almost kind of, I don't want to say inevitable, but it is inevitable that if we follow the blueprints that they've set out for us yeah. and take the tips that they've given to us, because mm-hmm. they only want to see us succeed and they're not going to not gonna uh, lead us astray. And th- that's a really key point is is. You have to understand sometimes that those authority, most of the time, the authoritative figures in your life really do want the best for you. They've been through it already. Exactly, and you know, a lot of times I couldn't even really understand it. Like I'll be getting an argument with my dad about this and that, and all he's really trying to tell me is something that's super. And the thing is that it's funny how life works because even if you don't listen in that moment, life will teach you later mm-hmm. down the road. Yeah. So when I started to realize that and I started to just say, like, if I listen, it could save myself a lot more time. Yeah. And maybe because a lot of times if you don't listen at first time, life is going to give it to you in a harder (laughs) way to learn. For sure. And that's when it's like it's like that's where you can kind of start to see a spiral. If you don't really take in the fact that it all begins from your mindset towards listening. Yeah. Really knowing that you don't know anything. And it's it's listening to understand rather than listening to respond. For sure. Which is where I, it, it's it's so common in these days mm-hmm. where you you're talking to somebody and it's just they're responding to the last couple sentences yes, of what you're yeah, saying, or, yeah. and that's how you can tell that they're not really listening to what you're trying to say. Yeah. They're just kind of listening to what they're they feel as if what they, they want to hear. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And when I started to really listen to the words of the people in my life, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and also it's being consciously aware you know what i mean it's like my dad is my dad but mm-hmm. i started to look at him as i got older as as a businessman I yeah kind yeah of, like this guy is really out here being so professional but i he's been being been professional his whole life mm-hmm. it's just like now i'm at an age where i can really start to see yeah, and appreciate and then, it and appreciate that that craft and that trade that they're involved in mm-hmm. and then kind of apply it to my own life type of thing Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of want to emphasize that idea of changing your mindset to kind of look at those people in a way that's going to also benefit you so that you can learn from them healthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, you've taught me this multiple times almost because so many times I've wanted to just kind of rant it out. And every time you're just like, but how is that going to help you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's it. That's something that. I didn't know up until Blythe. Yeah, the Blythe days, for sure. I could complain for legitimately the rest of my life about <laughs> what happened in that time. Mm-hmm. And yet, once you told me to kind of just shut up about it, I started to look at it as, okay, there's things that are good about Blythe to look at and yeah. there's things to learn about from Blythe to look. For sure. Type of thing. But if you're learning and appreciating, you're not going to be on a bad path. Yeah. No, that's a, that's definitely a good point. Like even going back to the talking about listening to listening to absorb rather than listening to have a rebuttal. Mm-hmm. I I definitely struggled with that, and I was I was stubborn. Like sixteen, seventeen, seventeen, even sometimes now I'm stubborn. Yeah. But it really it really 
just took a, a click in my brain to realize like I don't like I don't know anything and I've said this like four times on the podcast but I have to realize I don't know anything I'm 18 years old it and has to be emphasized though you know what it I mean? does it, it does it has to be emphasized because a lot of people think like that I didn't learn that until university mm-hmm. because during university I was trying to say I don't want to do this yeah but then you my mom and my dad were asking me well, what are you going to do instead? Because mm-hmm. I kept saying university isn't going to help me. University isn't going to do this and that. And yet I didn't know anything outside of what yeah. they were telling me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The only information that I could recollect was what I had learned in school or maybe a few other things. So that's when I started to kind of tell myself was like, okay, I got to If I, if university isn't going to be for me, I do have to continue to learn. Yeah. Some you know way. I, mean? I have to look, it's not just going to be me saying, oh, I'm going to go put myself in this great position because I can't put myself in that position if I don't know how to. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's and a good point. It, it, it's important, though, to the to the overall scheme of life, understanding that is probably one of the, the most important things mm-hmm. to me, at least, and I can tell by the way that you've been talking about it to you as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Because there's so many things in the world that we don't know about and there's so many things like I know for a fact I could give I could pull an example. I had a friend come up to me last year and tell me to invest in Tesla when mm-hmm. it was relatively low price. Yeah, and I was just like, you know what? I'm only 17. I don't need to be investing like mm-hmm. that right now. I'll figure it out later. I, I, and on the other aspect too, I was also like, you know what? If, I'll find another stock. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then. As it had been, the Tesla stock price rises, 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 and I'm just regretting it now. Yeah. And that was also just an aspect of me not knowing it, but choosing not to know it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like being open to learning from everything is where you'll find your life kind of turns around. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's space. That's that type of ideology can be applied to so many, so many uh, aspects of life. Yeah, a huge aspect of it. And that's kind of like, you know, throughout this whole podcast, I could take away that that's the one thing that's the most prevalent in this conversation was the fact that we both kind of came to this realization that we didn't know everything. Mm-hmm. And from there, we started to really look at life differently in a perspective where you really do want to learn. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead. I have a, I have a quote. I don't even remember the quote exactly verbatim, but... It was, I, I saw this quote on Instagram and it was, it was, uh, it was saying, look at everybody as a teacher. Everybody is going to teach you something like every, everybody, everybody, you're going to gain some sort of knowledge, even from the people who you think you'd gain zero knowledge from. They're going to teach you something about yourself or just about the world. And yeah, I feel like, I feel like I should, I had to, you know, just yeah, say that because yeah, yeah. it's kind of tied in with what we were talking about. No, 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 exactly, exactly. And I, I remember I, I came up with this little saying, I remember I was in the car with my dad and we were just kind of talking about how, this was a, during the time when I was trying to just drop out of university type of thing. And we were just kind of talking about how I didn't really know everything. Mm-hmm. And that's when it kind of clicked in my head that my ambitions were hard to match with the knowledge I had. Yeah. And that's when I had to realize that the only way to make the equation balanced was patience. Yeah. And just kind of knowing that, you know, I'm going to learn. I just have to be patient with it instead of trying to do something that I don't know anything about. Yeah, let things fall into place. Let things fall into place. And 
things will go the way that as long as you have the mindset towards it mm-hmm. you know what i mean things will go the right way that you want it to go but also don't forget that nothing can be achieved with just thoughts yeah. you do have to put action, things into for action sure. for sure because i've had so many different dreams that i've just not acted on mm-hmm. you know what i mean or so many different situations where if i did act maybe things could have went differently yeah but um that's a good point yeah, and, and that kind of brings me to kind of the, the end of the, the podcast where it's like we've, we've talked about that whole idea of, of learning from those around you in a perspective that allows you to grow. Yeah. And swallowing your pride, understanding that this isn't, you don't, I mean, you don't know everything type of thing. Mm-hmm. So with all of this being said, Aiden, we're at the end of this podcast. What, what do you want to leave with the listeners Ooh. from your... From your life, from your story, from who you are, yeah. from what you've learned in life, what would you say, like, this is something that I, I believe that these people need to know? Mm, definitely realize that you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, put your head down for a couple months, a couple years, and really just lock in on what you want to do, and you'll reap the results. That, that's that's kind of That's kind of it. But yeah, you guys just have to realize, like, I don't want to sound like a preacher right now, yeah. but <laughs> I, know, I, know what I know what you're trying to. You're, you're not trying to seem like you. you yeah, know like it I know all. everything because I don't. Yeah. But just realize you don't know everything, and realize that the real world is here, especially for you, seventeen, eighteen year olds, even you, sixteen year olds. Realize that the the real world is here, and it's time to act on it, and just you know, be the best you can be. Exactly, and those are some great final words, Aiden. It was it was a pleasure. It talking was a to pleasure. You. It, it was, was great. Definitely a pleasure talking to you. I'm sure that this is definitely not the end of your story, but unfortunately, it is the end of this podcast. I will be providing all of Aiden's social media in case anybody wants to keep up with his story. Definitely. He does post a lot of motivational stuff. He does guide those on a very good path. So I I do believe that you know, investing your time into learning from his is something that would be beneficial. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, Aiden, it was great to have you on the it show. It was great. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Definitely going to have to do a follow-up podcast later down the road to see if for sure. all of these these words of wisdom actually came into effect with mm-hmm. us. And if putting our heads down for five years was actually the right path to go down. Yeah, we'll come back in a year. Yeah, literally or a couple a months. We'll come we'll back see. into a year and, and, <laughs> and see what it is, see where we're at. But yeah, that's the end of the podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And this is your host, Daniel Rooms, signing out.